7 to 8 p.m. Sport On with Tabi Somosia. Absolutely, but um, I have to accept. <laughs> I woke up this morning and I was um, yesterday night we signed the contract and then this morning I was manager of um, Liverpool FC. Um, yeah, but I don't care about things like this here. I don't think too much about the press or things like this. I only I'm, I'm really a normal football manager and I want to work with the team. I want to be on the pitch and, and all these things. So so I'm a totally normal guy. Um, I'm the normal one, and that's all over the world similar yeah of course some things are different but i'm prepared for this because of my experience in in all the things in all the in the other clubs um, and my experience as a player and, and all the things so i'm prepared but um, of course this is absolutely crazy what happened here and uh, that's what i wanted to say when i left dortmund my, my last sentence maybe were um, it's not so important what people think when you come in it's much more important what people think when you leave and please give us the time to work on it, that you think much more positive than today about me and all the, the people at LFC. If we want, this could be a real special day, if we want. And if we are prepared to work for it, if you want, if you are patient enough, all these things, if, you, if we want, then we can start in a very difficult league with opponents that are big and bigger and bigger maybe, but in a special Liverpool way, we can be successful when we can wait for it, of course. But we, I don't want to say we have to wait the next 20 years and I'm sitting here again. I, I know when I sit here in four years, I think we won one title in this time. I, I'm pretty sure. If not, the next one, maybe Switzerland. Yeah. <laughs> well, a very good evening, everybody. And uh, thank you for staying with us on SAFM and uh, for joining us on SAFM Spot On. I am Tabi Somosia, Katlachomo Diba Intimity, producing the show. And uh, that clip that we've opened with this evening is Liverpool manager Jürgen Klopp. And believe it or not, that was his first ever press conference. And he promised a trophies a couple of years later. That was 2015. And the man has now won the league and the Champions League. So safe to say that he has uh, delivered on his promise at Liverpool, uh, Jürgen Klopp. And we thought we should just pull that one out just to show you what a little bit of planning can do and patience of course i saw coach steve compella on uh, social media tweeting about how much uh time Jürgen klopp was given and how he hopes that other club owners can learn from that that if you appoint a coach and you trust him then you better give him a time and on that note of Liverpool of course we will pick up on the conversation we had last night with the Bruce Hrobler and the author of his book and a number of Liverpool books also we didn't have enough time for our conversation with her because of the response for Bruce Hrobler which was overwhelming uh, so we've invited Reynald Lund Ensis or I'll ask her to say her name again on air just to talk to us more about uh, these books and her love for Liverpool and the autobiography about Bruce Hrobler. And then after that conversation, we will have a chat with Bidvis Vets coach Gavin Hunt. Gavin Hunt. Many people are waiting, have been waiting to hear from Coach Gavin after Bidvis Vets premiership status was sold to TTM in Limpopo. And they've made it clear that they can't afford him. So what's next now for one of the top coaches in the PSL? He's agreed to speak to us this evening, Gavin Hunt. So better get those comments or questions ready right now and send them to this WhatsApp number for those voice notes. It is 061 If you prefer to SMS, then that number is 4 
081-3391. And you can also call us on 0891-104207. If we do have time, uh, we will squeeze in an interview that we did with the former SANA 19 coach, Lawrence Mahatlana, who has now been appointed as head coach of Uganda's national cricket team. And uh, he talks to us about why he decided to go to Uganda. But right now, we're going to talk Liverpool and then we'll talk to Gavin Hunt. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. So last night we spoke to the legendary Liverpool goalkeeper Bruce Krobler reflecting on the Reds winning their first league title in 30 years. That podcast is already up on our website. You can go to iona.fm, just search SAFM Spot On and you can catch that podcast of Bruce Krobler. We had also lined up the author of Liverpool FC Heroes, uh, Liverpool Captains, Life in the Jungle, just to name but a few, which is uh, about the life of Bruce Krobler, the life in the jungle. And uh, we didn't have enough time last night for our conversation. So we've got her back on the line to talk more about her books and what this league title means to her and other Liverpool fans. Reynald, good evening from us again in South Africa. Thanks for being available to speak to us on SAFM. Good evening, good evening. It's really luxury um, to be able to travel to South Africa by sound twice in, in two days. Uh, so thank you for inviting me back. <laughs> Beautiful. That's the power of technology. And and we don't want to butcher your name. Yeah, Please help us with the pronunciation of your name. So I am from the Arctic, from the very, very top of Norway, um, the city of the, uh, the uh, uh, Nord- Nord- Northern Lights. Uh, so my name is an old Viking name from Norway, and it's Ragnhild Lundansnes. Oh, that's <laughs> easier than I thought. Ragnhild Lundansnes. Perfect. Great stuff, Rangenhild. It's, it's a pleasure for us to be talking to you. Maybe on that note, for those not familiar with your story, then who is Ragnhild? Well, I am um, the first female, they say, in Premier League history to write official books for Premier League uh, when I came out with my first book in 2010. And that was a great day for me because I think I was five the first time um, my mom told me that I, I actually claimed that I am going to be an author. Just wait and see. <laughs> and then all those years later, uh, my first book came out on uh, the power of football based on over a thousand stories from Liverpool fans that I'd followed for three years. And um, it was such a moving um, uh, batch of work because so many strong, amazing stories came out on what this football club means to so many people. And on that note of being the first uh, female author, then Regan Hild, I mean, um, is that a big deal for you? Or do you think there need to be more female authors coming through in this in this industry? I think there will be. Um, you've got a, a great uh, football pundit from South Africa and Melissa Redding. Redding um, and I think we will be more and more coming up because, I mean, football is about to become the biggest female sport, uh, girl sport in the world. It's already been that in Norway for many years and it has become the biggest girl sport in England now as well. Mm-hmm. And more and more little girls grow up dreaming about becoming a football uh, professional football player more and more girls come to the stadium and support their football team so as a result of that obviously more and more girls will also um, write books on um, international top flight football and more and more girls will also uh, find their places as pundits in the tv studios etc but for me i didn't think about the fact that i was a girl because i grew up as i said uh, up in the arctic where girls and boys in norway can do whatever they want. No one's going to stop them because they are a girl or a boy.
Great stuff. And talking about, um, before we talk more about your books, how do you describe maybe your relationship with the club there at Liverpool, considering how many books you've written uh, about them? Well, Liverpool Football Club has been my life day and night for the last uh, good 10 years. Um, I've written all these books. I've spent a lot of time traveling back and forth between Norway and Liverpool before um, we decided to move here as a family four years ago. And I mean, I, I gave up my job as a, a presenter on national radio in Norway with my own talk show, like yourself, um, to start writing books and follow my dream of, of becoming a writer. And I even then ripped up, you know, the, the roots of my two little children, seven and ten uh, at the time. And we started all over again here in Liverpool because Liverpool Football Club just means so much to us. So. It's been a complete change of life, really. And coming here, we've built a Liverpool-themed hotel just 200 metres from Anfield with other crazy reds. Um, so for the last two years, we've been living and breathing football even more. So on top of my football writing, I've been um, hosting a lot of Liverpool Legends events up there. And we gather thousands, basically, um, of, of uh, Liverpool fans from all over the world, every LFC home match. So it's become a passion, a lifestyle. And, you know, I can't miss one single game. I go to all the home games. I go to quite a few away games. I travel quite a bit with the club. Um, and it just affects my whole life. And uh, I, I don't complain because uh, it's been an amazing journey. <laughs> Let's look at your books now. I believe that one of your books was inspired by your honeymoon. Is that the Liverpool Heroes FC book? No, that's my first book. That's when I decided to actually give up on my radio hosting and write full-time about Liverpool Football Club mm -hmm. because um, I actually landed on my honeymoon on the day of the Istanbul final in 2005 <laughs> and I had married a crazy red, but he hid it a bit well because he was so busy touring with his band. He's a professional guitarist and music producer. So I didn't realise how much Liverpool meant to him before he lost it completely in the arrival hall of Tobago. And he almost got arrested, actually, because oh. he was getting the penalty shootout on the phone uh, by a mate. And we were in this tiny little concrete room. And he was my husband, who is normally such a calm man. He just screamed and kicked. And, you know, <laughs> old ladies' hand luggage was flying through the air. <laughs> and eventually he was sliding on his knees uh, along the floor and so loud and that's when we won the penalty shootout and, and Liverpool won the Champions League trophy for the for the fifth time and that had been a long wait as well, um, 20 years or so, so um, that was a huge win and I just realised, you know if, if one football game I know it's not just a game because the Champions League final is massive but if one game can make a person almost change his personality and lose it completely in such a big deal at your honeymoon and your wedding I need to find out the positive effects of it all so I started on this crazy journey that has never stopped <laughs> I started off with the fans and then um, the whole family went over to Liverpool for three months so I can interview all the biggest players over the last 50 years, I interviewed the likes of Kevin Keegan and Ian Callaghan and Ian Rush and Robbie Fowler and, and all these names. And I wrote the Liverpool FC Heroes to see how football uh, affects uh, the person behind the player and how that has changed because football has changed so much. Um, so I was wondering how that affects the players in, in the game. 
And then I think the more you know about the subject, the more you sort of uh, want to know, um, the more you know that you don't know everything, basically. So then I decided to look at the role of the captain. So I did my most ambitious project ever when I decided to interview all the biggest living captains, 16 of them, of Liverpool's history, to look at leadership and how the Liverpool captain has influenced the game and the importance of the captain and all the different types of leaders you can have that will still fit being a captain. So that was the Liverpool captain's one. So, yeah, that is uh, basically my, my the short version of my, my um, books. But then along the way, Bruce Grobelaar has been really helpful. He's toured a lot with me on my previous books. He was featured in, in my first two books. Uh-huh. So he actually asked me if I wanted to be his ghostwriter when he came out with his autobiography a year ago, Life in the Jungle. And that was a huge honor. And we traveled to Africa. We traveled to South Africa. We traveled to Zimbabwe. His first time back after being in exile. It was an incredible experience. It really was. And talking about that book of Bruce Krobler, what can people find out maybe in the book about Bruce Krobler? Or what did you also find out that you were not aware of? Well, Bruce Grobelaar, first and foremost, is one of the most unusual football players in, in the English game. I mean, he is the most decorated goalkeeper in, in British football history. Um, but he's also the most unusual footballer I've ever met because he's got so many layers. And uh, I think he was really colored by the fact that he had to go into the army and he had to fight in, in the war when he was a teenager and, and that time in the Bush War really, really shaped him to who he was because he had to be a stick leader in there and he had to see and, and go through some extreme things that a teenager sometimes had to go through in war. And to come out on the other end and become one of the first exports, if you can call it that, of, of um, African players to the mm. top flight football in England um, and be such a happy and character um, it's just so impressive you know how uh, he has been able to to go through so many challenges and still win in the other end so he's a very very inspirational and very warm and and fascinating and very inspirational character I would say and how is he viewed at Anfield uh, 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 Reginald sorry what, what how, how do again? they how do they view Bruce Krobler in Liverpool at Anfield when he goes back? Oh, he's got a huge standing. Um, I mean, it goes to say he, he played uh, in goal for Liverpool in the last successful period we had. Uh, and he won so many trophies with the club. And he brought so much fun to the team as well. He was a very important character in the dressing room. And he had all these crazy little things he used to do. Um, like one thing, for example, he would never leave the home dressing room before he had managed to shoot a ball and switch off the light three times with the ball. <laughs> and he would drive some, sometimes his, his teammates mad. But he was full of superstition like that. Um, and you know how he would sit on the crossbar and walk on his hands. But he learned early uh, from Bob Paisley, who was Liverpool's most successful manager, that doing all these sort of fun tricks and, and all the banter and, and, and all the, the joyful madness, you can do that, but only when we're winning. So in the beginning, I think it was too much show, and then he, he quickly found his feet and had to sort of work hard and focus, and then he found his feet, and I could add on a little bit more of that 
fun madness uh, into the game again. <laughs> well, for those who've just joined us, we are talking to Regenheld Lund and since there about uh, the books that she's written about Liverpool, about her love for the club, and we'll wrap up after this quick break. If you have any questions, 0614104107, get them in quickly. Tabiso Musia on SAFM. And as we wrap up now our conversation, there are just a couple of questions, Reginald, from Twitter here. One says, uh, from your conversations with Steven Gerrard, how does he look back at his time at Liverpool? And did you touch on that famous slip against Chelsea? Yes. Uh, um, it was quite an honour. I tried to I tried to interview Steven Gerrard for five years before <laughs> I finally succeeded. And it was quite emotional um, because... In the Liverpool captains, there's quite a few um, of the of the greatest characters uh, of Liverpool Football Club who's never shared their life stories uh, publicly, like Paul Innes, like Jamie Redknapp, and, and Steven Gerrard doesn't give out in-depth book interviews to anyone except in his own books. So he made uh, me his only exception, which uh, was also incredible to experience because no agents or anything came in and, and did the work for me. Uh, all the former captains of Liverpool Football Club opened the doors for me internally, um, which just tells me, and I think that can be an inspiration for you listening as well, if you work with your heart and you, if you really, really work hard and you want to create something to make other people happy, then in the other end, you will receive incredible help. Um, and I think, you know, for Stephen, yes, you know, it's the darkest time for him when he slipped. It was horrendous and I just think it's so beautiful how Jurgen Klopp dedicates a lot of um, the victory now to see Steven Gerrard uh, and in his talks and in this open letter he just wrote to the Liverpool Echo here in Liverpool that he also dedicates uh, this league win to Steven Gerrard because he played such an important part in getting the club to where it is today. Um, but I think maybe the most inspirational I got back from Steven Gerrard, I mean, he carried the club almost uh, on his own shoulders. He didn't get to play in such great sides like we see today. Um, he could win important games just on his own, more or less, because of his determination and, and extreme love and passion for the club. But when I asked him, um, you are also now, Stephen, a, a leader in terms of being a dad to your, your daughters. He hadn't had his son yet by that time. Yeah. I said, what will you take from what you learned as a leader in Liverpool Football Club and give to your daughters. Um, and he said, the most important thing I can teach my daughters is that we need to respect everyone just as much. You know, it doesn't matter who you are and what walks of life you're from, if you have a high status job or you're working on the floor, every single person is worth the same amount of respect. And if I can teach my girls that who's got everything they need in the world, then I've succeeded as a leader, as their dad. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, I was about to say, what a beautiful uh, message there. Reginald, thank you very much for speaking to us in South Africa tonight. We appreciate the time you've given us and hopefully people can go look for your books online and they can still find them because they sound very interesting and it sounds like you've done a lot of work here. Thank you so much for having me tonight. And, and take care, all the Liverpool Reds in South Africa. Before you go, and what's, everyone else, what's with that Twitter handle, Mrs. One Nil, Miss One Nil? So, because Ragenhild almost, it, it's a very difficult name. So, uh, a lot of English people and international people struggle to say Rangnil, which is how you say it in Norwegian. Uh. So, one of the Liverpool legends 
misheard my name when he met me for the first time. So when I said, my name is Rangnil, he just went, what? One nil? And <laughs> from then, that name has just been stuck. And it's a small victory, but it's still three points, and that's all we need. <laughs> yeah, win is a win. Thanks for speaking to us here in South Africa. We appreciate the time you've given us. Regenhild Lund Ansnes, a Norwegian author of Liverpool FC Books, Liverpool Heroes, Liverpool Captains, Life in a Jungle, about Bruce Krobler, who we spoke to last night.